Hey, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Have you thought about changing that little entrance up? You've been doing that the same way, too. Hmm. Hello, podcast world. This is your pal, Andy. <laughs> OJ. Oh, OJ. Uh, but seriously, thank you so much for tuning in. We're coming up on our millionth download in under two years. It's a big deal to us. We're very, very proud of it. Uh, and none of it's possible without you great listeners. So we're going to be doing a little giveaway. We are going to be giving away four-man. Four-man, two-day goose hunt or, or crane, crane hunt, hunt, December 7th and 8th. Stay at the world-famous Big Honker Lodge in Knox City, Texas. Come in on December 6th, dinner that night. On the morning of the 7th, a uh, goose hunt with lunch, uh, breakfast and lunch that day. Dinner again the night of the 7th with lodging. Breakfast and goose hunt on the morning of the 8th. And that's for December 7th and 8th. Also, you will be winning a case of Boss Ammo. 20-gauge, 12-gauge, 28-410, whatever it is that you shoot. Pacific Game Calls is going to be giving away a goose hunt. Or goose call, I'm sorry, a goose call. And Dive Bomb Decoys will be giving away two dozen silhouettes. It's a heck of a deal. Uh, be looking out on Instagram for the rules, because that's where it's going to be. Instagram. My Instagram. Uh, and then all the rules will be laid out there. So, On your personal Instagram or Stanford Hunting's Instagram? On my Instagram. Well, it'll be on both. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to do with uh, Instagram is, is where we're going to pick our winner from. So. Okay. So everybody that doesn't have Instagram, go get Instagram, sign up for it, get in on the giveaway, and that's all you have to do. We because some it doesn't matter if we do it on Instagram or Facebook or what we do. Someone is left out if we do it by iTunes reviews. Somebody always has something different, so you got to go get an Instagram to get in on this giveaway. And we've done a bunch of iTunes, so we're gonna switch it up a little bit. So that's what we got going on here. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Turkey season's here. We got some prime real estate right on the river. You want to shoot a gobbler? We can take you to shoot a gobbler. I can take you to shoot a gobbler. You so, can do the 410 challenge on this. <clears throat> you can do the 410 challenge. Go to Boss, get some 410 shotgun shells. We can do the 410 challenge right here at the Big Honker Lodge. Give us a call, 940-658-3172. Get on the books for this coming turkey season. It's going to be here before you know it. It's going to be bloody for Mr. Tom Turkey. Or if you're looking for a waterfowl hunt or dove hunt for this fall and winter, give us a call. Look us up, stanfieldhunting.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouettes. They've changed the game. Everybody's running skinnies. You should, too. Go to divebombindustries.com. Brand new pantail socks are coming out. It is time to add to your spread. It's the off-season mostly everywhere, so go to Dive Bomb Industries. Start looking ahead to this fall, this winter. Go over there. Get what you're going to need. Socks, silhouettes. Decoy's on a budget. Buy, you can buy a couple, you know, five, ten dozen every month. Old lady doesn't realize that you've got that many decoys. Send them, to your, send them to your friend's house. Send them to your office to have them. Anyways, go to Die Bomb Decoys. That's DieBombIndustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. they got a challenge going on for you turkey hunters. We're going to see how good you are. Boss Shot Shells, you shoot a 410. Uh, you can go to there. You can go figure out what they're doing. But it's a 410 challenge. See how good of a turkey hunter you are. Get them in nice and tight. Uh, they make the best shotgun shell that's out there right now. It's all American made. The people from Boss are great. Brandon, Lee, Meg, salt of the earth people. Hits like a freight train. You only have to shoot them once. No cripples. BossShotShells.com. Like I said, it's all American made. Great product, great people. Go check them out at BossShotShells.com. 
And also, we're brought to you by Pacific Calls. Got a promo code. Got a promo code. BHP25 will save you 25% off of checkout. They've got goose calls, duck calls, turkey calls. They've got it all. One-stop shop. If you need to call that bird in, you can go to PacificCustomCalls.com, use the promo code BHP25, and save you some money, some green. Their speckle belly call is out of this world. It's easy to blow. Good range. It's what I use. Perfect. PacificCustomCalls.com. And also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners, you need them. Blinds, you need them. Dog kennels. You need it. They make the best blind that's on the market right now, the 2x4. We hunt, I hunt it out of it every single day. It's roomy. It hides four grown-ass men. Some of these companies will tell you that it hides four. Theirs actually does. LuckyDuck.com. If you're into predator hunting, they've also got some products for you. They've got it all. One-stop shop. LuckyDuck.com for everything that you need. And we're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club. You can't get into this duck club. Memberships are full, but you can get some sweet-ass apparel. They got coolers now, don't they? They got coolers now. They got a jacket now. They got a sports hoodie now. And it's all with a guy that's perched up with a rifle in his hand and ducks in the sky. The Looking Glass Duck Club. You can follow them. They've got a new Instagram account, uh, Looking Glass Duck Club, I think is all it is on Instagram. Then the guy that runs it, Logan Pyatt, is Sky underscore Jack underscore Outfitters. And he's the he's the gentleman that runs the Looking Glass Duck Club. Go to their Instagram. They've got a giveaway going on. Logan's going to come down here, do a podcast with us, and then we're going to draw a winner for the cooler that they've got. So be sure, go to the Looking Glass Duck Club on Instagram, find the post, get entered to win that one. Also, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. There's no there's no big holiday coming up for wine drinking. Valentine's is over. Uh, there's a big drinking coming up it's called st patrick's day do you drink wine at st patrick's day? i don't drink wine on wine day well you're you a wine should. drinker i'm not you don't need an excuse to drink wine you don't need an excuse to drink this high quality texas wine made in high texas from the guys at william and chris wines skeleton key is out of this world it's a red i love it drink it whenever i'm eating steak something hearty like that makes me feel real uptown you know kind of like trump one Trump, of the Trumps. Trump's not a wine drinker. Donald Jr. I bet is his son is. <laughs> I bet his son is. Uh, great wine. Go to the go to great uh, guys. Texas yeah. wine made by great people. Good good people give back a lot to the community. Jump on overboard and check them out at William Chris. WilliamChrisWines dot com. That's it. Yeah, we're not sponsored by nobody else, are we? Nope, because we did Stanfield at the first. Yeah, well, I guess it we're done doing Luke. sponsors. All right, our guest today is Mr. Rory White from Ontario, Canada. He's a chef up there. Great guy. Always enjoy talking to him. We talk about everything. It's a lot of fun. Talk about favorite recipes, wildlife recipes. He's a good dude, uh, and we always enjoy having him on. So here he is, Rory White.
All right, sounds good. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Corona Free Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. We got the the chef himself, Mr. Rory White. We're in the middle of a of a scare. Uh, we were talking off air. They they shut down Quebec. Yeah, officially this morning, apparently. Now, what province are you in again? Ontario. Yeah. Ontario. So that's the one that speaks English, right? Yeah, Quebec is yeah our French Canadian province. But but does it? I don't. Forgive me for my geography. Does Quebec border Ontario? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I was right. You know, the other yeah. day, I was I was in Buffalo two days ago, three days ago. I saw that. I saw that. You know what the crazy part is? Is we just tapped our trees. It's maple syrup season. So that's what we're doing. Really? Yeah, we're we're just gonna be maple syrup. <laughs> so so do you do you think? Oh, and by the way, that uh, smoked maple syrup that you sent me is del- pretty- delicious. Oh, I would have enjoyed some good, of that. Eh? I've still got a little bit left. I can give you some. Um, Tony looks like a fucking idiot. Tony just walked in wearing a SARS mask. <laughs> God Almighty. Um. So so what what's the uh, what are the rules in in Quebec? They they shut everything down. No coming or going yeah, or what? Bars, restaurants, businesses. I think I don't know. I haven't really paid much attention to it. It. it I mean, we're just kind of hanging out. Um. I'm supposed to go to Ohio in two weeks, and uh, my buddy messaged me, and he's like, listen, the governor here is talking about shutting bars, restaurants, grocery stores down, he said, so we might uh, not be able to do this. It's fucking crazy, man. I don't know. It, it is absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm supposed to be in Chicago uh, in the middle of May, and I think it's, it's probably going to get canceled. Everything else has been canceled, so... What are you doing in Chicago? Uh, I'm in for a uh, uh, trade show, uh, the restaurant oh, gotcha. show. So, so if they if they shut if they shut Ontario down for two weeks, restaurants and everything. Yeah. I mean, just what are you? I mean, what are y'all gonna do? I mean, just fucking hang, hang out at your house, I guess. I'm probably gonna go to probably go back to the cottage. Probably go back to yeah, <laughs> just go hang out there. It's. Uh, I don't know. We we're covered. We got a freezer full of stuff. We got food. We got everything else. I don't know. I'll probably hang out in town for a bit just to see if anybody kind of needs anything. But uh, it it's already things are pretty isolated right now. Like my grandfather lives in a an assisted living community, and they've already like shut it down. So you can't no going in and out, no visitors, no nothing. So you you know I think that we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But maybe I um, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast that. Maybe two weeks shut down and just shut everything down for two weeks. And maybe we can nip this in the bud pretty quick. But people are getting I, – I feel so sorry for the person that works somewhere. Like, you know, we got a little bit put back, so we'll be okay for three or four or five months. But what about the, the – what about the employee that works check to check that's a waitress or a cook or yep. a mechanic or whatever it is? Those people you shut down two weeks, they, they don't have two weeks' worth of money put back. No, it, it's true. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's it's a real world experience, a real world example of like being prepared, like having that safety net for yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, it came on really fast, but uh, it's scary for sure. The you know, I told my buddy this, and I, I'm going to hold true to this. I think the biggest problem that we have here is that we don't have a lot of real world problems every single day. 
So we take a little scare like this and we inflate it to be this just this incredible monster that's going to kill everybody and, and totally wreck society. Well, if we saw a little I bit of adversity in our everyday life, I don't think it would be as bad as it is today. I don't think it's so much that you and me and people of our kind of age, demographic, and range and stuff. It, it, the problem is, is it's getting so widespread that nobody knows who has it and nobody knows who's tracking it. And people our age or whatever can operate essentially with no symptoms. But right. somebody who's you know older or who has a pre-existing condition, it can be really dangerous to that yeah. kind of demographic. And that group is so big, you're like it's not worth putting everybody at risk. You know, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I think the quarantine thing isn't that big of a deal, but people actually need to do it if you're doing it. You know. Yes, that's that's kind of that's the one that gets me. What's that? Just do it. That people are. Yeah, if, if everybody's going to do it, all right, let's just do it. But, like, there are so many people who still aren't and who are just like, it doesn't matter, it won't affect me. I'm still right. going to jump on this plane and go travel because it's cheap. It's like, all right, cool, but if the borders get shut down and the country closes down and you're stuck outside the country, like, you're kind of, <laughs> you're SOL and you're on your own. I don't know. Maybe This is probably going to be the depression for this generation because the old, old people that lived through the depression, there ain't very many of them left anymore, but those people held on to stuff. They saved things. They saved money. They saved food. They saved, you know, they always was prepared in case something happened because they grew up when they didn't have anything. And maybe yeah. maybe this will wake people up to be a little bit more prepared, save a little bit of more, save a little bit more money, save uh have some food and some backups there in case something happens again. The big thing I think is going to be rent. What are all these apartment complexes going to do? Are they going to kick? I mean, you're, you're going to fuck yourself if you kick your tenants out because nobody's going to come replace these. So what do you do? Well, yeah, you're going to have the similar kind of people looking for new apartments. I mean, I don't know that. And that's the tricky part, right? Like people who are, you know, surviving week to week or have maybe two weeks of money saved like if everybody shut down for two weeks like mortgage payments are going to back up i don't know there needs to be a more of a kind of think global thing like you look what's happening in italy and like they're essentially saying like if you're over the age of 80 and you get this you're done we're not treating you yeah you might well uh, yeah is that what it's come out as like this is not a possible but and the scary thing is is like other people who have other things like if you broke your leg right now yeah you go to the hospital or like you needed an emergency surgery are those facilities available? Like, is that even a a reality right now? I I don't think I don't think it is in our small town, but you know, big towns. I I don't know. I don't know how bad it is in our area either, though. And I don't. Jeff, does anybody like in the entire the place that we live in in Texas is called the Big Country, and it's like fifteen counties that make it up. Does anybody in the Big Country have anybody tested positive? No, nothing I'm aware of. And it's kind of like we're kind of. On the north side of it, so you go an hour south. It's San Antonio. Country. San Antonio's got some people. Dallas has had some people, but, but not Abilene, Wichita. No, Lubbock. no, I don't. I don't. And think that's crazy because those people definitely drive through where you are. Like, right? Yeah, you know, I don't. Know. The whole thing is just crazy. If everybody just did it, honestly, though, I'm tired of talking about it. Ah, like, yep. <laughs> I, I can. I don't know about you. Does everybody that come to work are they freaked out? Oh, we're we're closed down. The, the restaurant's closed down. I've actually been off for a little while. Um, yeah, so I've been off for the last little bit, which has been kind of nice, just hanging out with my kids. The twins? Yeah. How old are they now? A year? Year and a half? Uh, uh, they are almost 18 months. They'll be 18 months uh, April 5th. 
Dude, my I, God. Poor guy. My, my, the Jameson, so he's a year and a half now. He's 20 months. Yeah. Holy fuck. I couldn't imagine having two of them. Now, Reese is 60 hey, You months. know what? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy at the, easier at this point because they kind of entertain each other. They kind of hang out with each other. Ah, I and, see And uh, my, uh, my sister or my wife uh, got frozen. So frozen's mm-hmm. a big thing now. Yep. I can it's understand that. Out. See, mine, but, they're four years apart. So the big one, he's into Legos and stuff, and the little one's into destroying the Legos. So... There's a lot of turmoil in my house on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, we, we I have one daughter that likes playing with Mega Blocks and one daughter that likes breaking Mega Blocks. Yep, so. and that's usually how it goes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they're having fun at least. Okay, Rory, I want to talk to you about northern upstate New York in your area. We went to the yeah. – I was in upstate New York, and I went to uh, – I went through a place, Montezuma Wildlife Refuge. Do you know anything about it? That's, that's in the U.S. side, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so we don't. I don't ever cross the border and get down to the U.S. side. Um, just crossing the border with a gun and guns and duck gear is a nightmare. I know where it is because I've seen it on the maps and stuff, but I've never been down to it. Tons of waterfowl on it. Tons. I it's was crazy. very impressed. Very impressed by it. Yeah, that's a whole beautiful area. So, do you go to do you go to Clifton much? Ain't that the town that's right on the other side of the Niagara on the Canadian side? Uh, yeah, Clinton, no. I, I I used to live down there. I went to college on the Canadian side, but in Niagara. And we'd cross every now and then. But, like, to be honest with you, we used to just, like, hop a fence and then go to the duty-free. And then, yeah, we kind of did it illegally. I don't know. It's just a <laughs> podcast, but whatever. I think that I think you're, you're safe. That's no big deal. So, how is the how, – you've been eating a lot of buffle heads this winter? <laughs> Jeff can't get past You that. know what? I tell you what, I I didn't shoot many buffalo heads. Uh, how many did we kill? I think we killed four. Um, but I sent Andy a photo of a buffalo head next to a mallard. Mm-hmm. They look the exact same once you get the once you get everything off of them. Jeff can't move past it though. That fucker's the size of a damn mosquito. There can't be All much right, meat eat, on it. Do you eat quail? I, I would eat quail, but I'm not going to eat a buffalo head. What's the like? What's the difference? One's a fucking duck. That's for one reason. Tastes- you were like two and a half. You were two hours, hour and a half away from me. You could have come down for dinner. Well, I t- we ca- I, didn't, I carried I didn't my gun until yesterday. I had guns. I, I had a pistol with me. I had two pistols with me, and I thought about that when we got left. We were going to take our passports. I said, "I oh, are going to carry a gun." I was going to some big shitty cities in the <laughs> USA. I was not going to not go armed. And so yeah, fair enough. I guess yeah, you can't really cross it with a gun, but. Um, I had a buddy of mine come up in the U.S., and he's the same thing. He ended up just mailing it back to himself. Oh, yeah. You can do that. Well, I wasn't worried about yeah. in the United States with my gun. I was worried about getting into Canada with my gun. You wouldn't have with a pistol. Oh, yeah. Well, I could have. That would have been a terrible them. idea. But Fuck, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't get, take if that If you chance. get caught with That's a what, pistol? I didn't want oh. to take that chance, so I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. For your sake, I'm glad. <laughs> so, There's so, no poutine in, in Canadian prison. So why, <laughs> why why would you choose to eat a buffalo head over a mallard? Well, listen, if it comes in, it dies. That part I understand, and that we like got, it, we've got coon asses here. We it, give it to. Yeah, if I'm killing it, I'm eating it, and I, if it comes in, it's going to die. With the exception of a merganser or a hooded merganser or any of those, I'll kill it. I saw some beautiful common mergansers in. Uh, 
Vermont, beautiful. Because we don't have them here, and they were in all color. It was it's a pretty bird. Um, the giant white ones—they're massive, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What I um I don't I don't understand. You're not the only one that shoots buffalo heads. I have been corrected many times on my thoughts towards buffalo heads. There's a lot of people yep. are buffalo head shooters, and they I'm, all they all take up for it. I think I think y'all are all embarrassed, and y'all just try to cover for each other's what it is. But <laughs> listen, <laughs> if they come in. And you shoot them, I'm gonna eat them. What about a ruddy like, duck? That's, I, okay, I was in where was I was in Vegas uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago. I was working. I wasn't. I wasn't by. I went to the strip and stuff. But uh, and I we went to Lake Vegas. A buddy of mine got a hotel there. Uh, so after I was done working, I went out to check it out. And I saw my first ruddy duck. They're gross looking. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd probably try it once, but they're gross looking. Yeah, you're eating a buffalo head, and you're making fun of someone for eating a ready duck. It's the same thing. Hey, what do you mean? You're... I'm not making fun of everything. I've just never done it. What do you mean you were working in Vegas? So I work. Uh, I'm the Canadian chef. Uh, I have a part time thing. I'm the Canadian chef for a uh, professional appliance company. So I was down at a training uh, session because they're based out of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had a test kitchen in North Carolina. Uh, they're moving it to Louisville, Kentucky. So while it's being built, uh, we kind of, if we have to get together, we go to dealers uh, around the country. So I was in Cincinnati a couple months ago, uh, and then there's a big dealer in Vegas. So we were there for a couple days. What did you think? Is that your first time going to Vegas? Uh, yes. What did you think of it? Not my thing. <laughs> too much debauchery? It's not even that there's too much debauchery. It's just... The atmosphere, uh, the scene, like the yeah. fucking desert and stuff. It was like, yeah, you're in the middle. Of, I don't know. It's just, I, I mean, I don't. I, I, we went and played roulette one night. We won a couple hundred bucks. Um, playing like video roulette, and they feed you free free drinks. But after that, like you do that for hour, hour and a half. Like I'm like, all right, I'm bored. It was we were there when uh, Shot Show was there. Ah, you could have got some. So uh, yeah, they bring out the good-looking ladies. I think they have the porn convention also is what we've heard on the show. The porn convention was also in town. We saw, yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> and then any porn stars. Good. Uh, that's just, I, I wouldn't know any anymore. That's good publicity on their part because, like, you get these rich uh, outdoorsmen and put the porn convention next to them and some shit's going to go down. You know, the sad thing is, is the porn stars when I was growing up are the same porn stars to now, I think. I think Ron Jeremy's still doing porn. I don't know about that. I, don't I hope not. I hope he's not for his grandkids' sake. I hope he's not. Great grandkids. Oh man, you'd be like watching dust blow around. Oh <laughs> God, that's terrible. Yeah, I. You know, yeah. we're going to Vegas in June, and I've been a couple times before. And each time I leave, I'm like, oh, I'm good for another three or four years. Like I, I, yeah, I would be depressed if I lived there just because it's in the desert and it's not my cup of tea, atmosphere wise. If you if you, my, if you don't neither. if you don't gamble, then Vegas isn't a bad place to live because I've talked to some people that lived out there, and um, I just mean the scenery. Well, I, I'm, that's not my cup of tea. I, I wouldn't. Live I couldn't in the do desert Phoenix either. either. No, no, hell no. Or Tucson. No, I don't want to live in the desert. But the people that I know that are out there that don't, we've got a client of ours that lives there. And um, he owns a construction company, so it's b- business is booming out there. Yeah, make good living. Yeah, no way. He, he says I like shows. We like to go eat dinner right. at nice places. He said, 
So we don't go to the strip to gamble at all. But he said we'll go eat dinner every once, you know, once or go twice a week. Go to a show. Take an Uber from our house to mm-hmm. Caesars. Go eat at a restaurant you want to. He said there ain't nowhere else in the United States that you can have the quality of food and stuff. No. And that I agree on. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to live in New York City either, though. I would. Oh, I think I'd go to New York. I'd, I'd move to New York City in a heartbeat before I'd go to Vegas. Yeah. Like I New would, York was. If I had to choose, crazy. if I had to choose one of the two to live in, I would rather live in New York, but I wouldn't want to live there either. I would rather no, live I mean, in Buffalo, New York, than I would Vegas or New York City. You'd rather live in Buffalo? I would love to live somewhere up north in a. Yeah, Buffalo's you a big did city. Not but get out of the truck in Buffalo. <laughs> Don't I did. lie. I did. I hacked my. Here. I hacked my Come fat on. ass. You went to the Anchor Bar, ate chicken wings, and left. You, you did know, not get out of the truck in you, Buffalo. You know, we didn't even do that. We, we, Did you go to the Anchor Bar? No, because I told Michelle, I said, listen, I've been driving for fucking eight straight days. I said, I want to get down the road as far as we can towards Cleveland before it gets dark. We ate Mexican food in Cleveland, Ohio at a damn good Mexican restaurant called Don oh, Cleveland's pretty cool. Don Tequila. Cleveland's a pretty cool city. And um, but we we didn't go nowhere fancy to eat there. We went to we went to a Mexican food restaurant and it was as good as anything in Texas. I was very impressed. But it's because the Mexican guy was from Alcapulco that ran the place because I visited with him. And so, we just got back from we were in Mexico for four four five days. It was uh, where'd you go? Uh, we were oh man, we landed in Cancun and we were in uh, Playa del Playa del Carmen. Carmen. Yep, Playa That's del Carmen. One. Where'd you stay at? Oh. Uh, my wife booked it. The Princess something, Grand Princess? Grand, the Grand Princess Baja Ray or some shit like that? That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you feel safe? Oh, yeah, 100%. Fuck. You better watch I it, man. The more guys will butt probe your ass. My wife's uh, wanting to go there, and Mexico is insanely cheap because I, of the cartel. But we've got an ATF guy that hunts with us, and he said, yeah. for the love of God, do not go to Mexico. He said, I have seen the videos. He said, I've seen videos of them stopping tour bus, pulling everybody off, putting hatchets, machetes, axes in the middle of this circle, and they say, one of you is going to live and walk away. And that's that's your option. You grab the hatchet and you fucking go to town on people that are on the tour bus with you. He said, do not go to Mexico. Rory, I would go to Mexico again. I've tried to talk Michelle into it right now. I love it down there. Yeah. I mean, if you go, like, we're like, you're, we're, I don't know, the modern of the area in Cancun, like, you're kind of off the beaten path. You're closer to, like, Central America than you are to, like, the border and stuff like that. And, like, we, when the day we were checking out, we went up to the, to get on our shuttle to go back to the airport. And there was, like, three army vehicles and, like, guys, like, full on, like, heavily, heavily armed, kind of just chilling out. It's like, what are they doing? It's like, all right, nah, they're just here to kind of make sure everything's okay. It's like, all right, I feel safer, I guess. I don't know. I mean, did you go on any excursions? Did you go to Chitsunia? Oh, absolutely not. Did you go, I was, did you go to I Tulum? I did not go to Tulum. We walked the beach one day. We went half an hour down the beach, half an hour back, and that was it. I sat and drank icebergs and just hung out. Was the, was the moss bad on the beach or the seaweed? No, no, it was amazing. The ocean was great. See, last couple times I've been there, the seaweed was bad. But we stayed closer to Puerto Morales. We always stay at Now Jade, and it's a great place, man. They got the, they got it. They call it a preferred area. No fucking kids. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's quiet. There, there was an area with like no kids. Like we didn't bring um, the. I didn't bring my daughters. Uh, we were going to bring them, and then 
my one daughter had a bit of an ear infection, so I took her in. And the pediatrician was like, we just got back. Every hotel is, like, crawling with, like, foot and mouth. Oh. My kids got sick. And I was like, all right. And then we took, we were at that cottage with my mother-in-law, and she was like, why don't you just leave the girls with us? And I was like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask so that twice. Kids, yeah. My so, wife is, uh, yeah, we got lucky. My so mother-in-law's wicked. Was the food good there? Because most of the, the resorts I've been to, I'm not real big on the buffet-type food. I always go to the restaurants there. Did you go to the buffets or the restaurants? We went to the buffet a couple times. I mean, the buffets, it's all right. I mean, the restaurant. the thing is, like, the restaurants are, like, it's, like, cool. You can go to, like, the Swiss fondue restaurant, but Swiss fondue, Mexico, I don't know. It just, uh, <laughs> it was all right. I guess. We went to the steakhouse, and it's, like, you can have this T-bone steak. A nine ounce T-bone or twelve ounce T-bone steak, and it's like, but that doesn't make sense. It's not a T-bone steak; it's a piece of meat with a bone in it. <laughs> Did you go to the Blue it's Lobster so in Playa? No, we didn't. Like I said, we didn't leave the resort. We That's stayed in all the restaurants on the resort. That's smart. I wasn't, I, I wasn't really going to leave the resort. I mean, we. I when I was a couple years ago, we were in the Dominican, and I got uh, overserved. And uh, stole a golf cart and <sighs> drove it off the resort. I got overserved is the code word for I got drunk. You stole a golf. <laughs> oh. Stole a golf cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the security <laughs> golf cart that they bomb around the resort in? Yes. <laughs> we met another. My wife and I met another couple, and uh, my wife said we should take that for a, we should we should go for a ride in the golf cart. I was like, that was a good idea to me. <laughs> Let's go. What so the, what yeah. they do? Oh, he was pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we got off the resort and, like, people were, like, you know, there's, like, cars honking at you and, like, people were trying to talk to you. It's like, ah, oh, we better get back. This was a bad idea. Oh, shit. And then you get back and that guy's yeah. just fucking irate. He wasn't. Uh, he was all right. We made friends with another guy who talked to him and uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I kind of gave him a, a hug and said, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's probably thinking, you fucking tourist. Stealing oh, my, yeah, he stealing was my shit. Hit. Guaranteed. He was like, this fucking idiot. He was a tourist. But, yeah, I was. I did it. That's so Would awesome. I do that now? No. no. But when I was 22 years, 20 years old, I thought it was funny. Hmm. Mexico's. I love Mexico. It's great. It's cheap. It's great. But the last couple times, the last time we went down, there was definitely some tension in the air. But I would go back again. I mean, but I, I don't have young kids and stuff to worry about. But it it is. It's a cool place. I like it. There's some good restaurants. You know, Guy Fieri's got a place in Playa. Yeah, at the airport. No, he's also got one in, in Playa, a restaurant in Oh, town. does he? Yeah. Yep. We ate at his spot at the airport. It's, I mean, the pizza's pretty good. It's, uh, I don't know. Mexico's one of those places where if you want, like, a mindless trip where you can just go hang out at an all-inclusive, it's cool. Yep. Um, I think there's way too many cool places in the world to go back to. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that point where I'm like, okay, I want to go back here because of X. There's so many other places I want to go to, right? See, Mexico's itching to go to. It's so convenient for us in Texas. It's a two-hour flight. Yeah, and it's, it's easy for us. Like, it's the same time zone. It's like three hours and ten minutes or something. Like, three hours and twenty minutes. Like, it was nothing. So, as a chef, is it, I mean, is it a bitch going out to eat? Just because, are you, no. con- are you constantly, like, nitpicking? No, and that is honestly, like, everybody thinks that. And, I mean, if you're out with, like, I don't know, other people who are in the industry you work with, like, you might talk about things a bit. But 
I, I'm at the point in my life now where I, I don't want to have a conversation with like about picking apart somebody else's food. Right. It's, it's, it's taxing. Like you just sound like an asshole. There's no, <laughs> I don't know. There's no benefit to it. It would be like, I don't know. It would be like you guys going out watching, I don't know, an episode of some other outfitter hunting and you, you would just sit there and critique the spread and tell them they're calling shit and, Ask them why they can't. Sh- I don't know. It's like there's no uh, there's no joy in it. See, I don't watch those because that's exactly what I do. See, I, I don't. Exactly. I, I just remove myself from uh, from even watching it. <laughs> See, I don't watch nothing like that a- at all. I won't. I won't waste my time doing it. But if I, if you want to do that, all you gotta do is get on Facebook on any waterfowl forum, and some poor bastard oh. ask a simple question, want some advice, and all the assholes come out and just mass. And I just don't understand that. Why? Hunters are hard enough to find anymore. Don't be Why a rip a fucking guy just for, you know? I, I talked to a guy on my trip that I just got back from, and he was a waterfowl hunter. We visited about waterfowl, and he was a new guy, and we was talking about decoys and shit, and he had absolutely no clue. But instead of being an asshole and trying to make him feel stupid, I tried to give him some honest advice about things, you know? You try, you know, and that's, help each other out. That's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. There's less people being an asshole. And that's the thing is if you sit there and just, like, you're the guy critiquing everything, somewhere and you're out to you with a group of people like i get sick of hearing somebody just be so negative about something like say something nice like what did you like right you know if somebody asking my opinion i'm gonna start with the things that i like you know like oh, yeah, i thought this was really good or, that cocktail was really cool or you know like that comedy or that food was cool or, like you know the menu the way they kind of recommend it was cool say something like just be positive into a conversation yeah. i don't know like it, it kind of like stimulates a conversation to be better. Like if you start bitching and complaining or critiquing something, that conversation can only go so far before you're like, Oh God, I'm done with it. Hey, will you send food back? If it's just like, like say you order your T-bone medium rare and it comes out, comes out medium. Well, will you send it once? You will, you will send it back or you done it once. I've done it one time and it was the worst. It was the most awkward experience of my life. (laughs) and I'll probably never do it again. I have, like the guy sat there and watched me cut into the second steak, which was like blue rare. Oh. And he's like, is it cooked to your liking? And I was like, yeah, man, fuck. I'm sorry. I'll eat it. Whatever. Oh. I don't even care. <laughs> My wife was already done her meal. Like it was just a, I was just eating the other one. Yeah. I would rather eat a medium whale steak than a fucking blue steak. Like that's not, I'm not doing that. I have never yeah, sent a dish back in my entire life. Jeff, on the other hand, all the time. Do what? Oh, you're constantly busy. Jeff, Jeff is the kind of guy who fake being a doctor can get in and get a table. Like, guaranteed he's sending a dish He's back. sending hey, shit back that all the shit, time. That shit I guarantee works. he has a bad meal. He tells me he's a food critic. I write no. the New York Times. I'm here reviewing this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't. I have never, ever sent a food back. Yes, you have, too. When have you're I sent food always, back? Always. Because mom is terrible to go to restaurants with. She's a pain in the ass to go anywhere with. Something is always wrong. She's like, she's she's the one person in the group that if you eat with her out in a restaurant, it's guaranteed her dish is fucked up. Guaranteed, they sent the wrong thing. They messed up the What's drink that order. What's to do with me? You, she bitches to you, and then you take it out on the poor fucking waiter with us. I don't either. Yes, you do too. You're like, hey, 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 Paco. Come over here. Would you see Andy throwing out that racial slur there like he's a Mexican guy? Listen, this is what you do. I'm telling you. I've, I've many a meals. You've embarrassed me. <laughs> many a meals. Fucking manager has to come over. It is a nightmare. Oh. That has never, ever oh. happened. Andy is yeah, full of shit. Yeah, got that haircut. Like, the manager <laughs> should just sit down when he walked in. Like... <laughs> 
I, I tip very well, and I'm very pleasant to the people that wait on us. If they get now, if I get shitty service, I will say something. But I just won't tip your ass. But if you give me, I'm a, I'm a twenty to thirty percent tipper on everything. I mean, Jeez, you you can come to a restaurant I work at any day, Jeff. I always do. Wow, you're a good at guy. least at least in at Sonic. If I get a three dollar Coke, I usually get five dollars. I mean, I, I'm a very good tipper, and, and and it's for everything I do, and so I appreciate it. But if you give me fucking shitty service, you're not any good. I won't tip your ass at all. You know, if you just halfway decent job, you're going to get tipped pretty well. But I have never ever sent a dish back. Yes, I like food have. too much. Yes, you you haven't sent anything of yours back. I don't even remember sending that your mom's back because she would need it. You'll call them over and you'll be like, uh, her her food it just it's not what she ordered. Michelle, it's Mich- a mess. Michelle's so fucking hard headed too. This is what's amazing is she just won't fucking eat. <laughs> she won't. I mean, I'm telling you, we we went through this about two times on our little little road trip. So you know what on. I'm talking about there. Yeah, I didn't send nothing back, but I don't give a fuck if we go to McDonald's or something if they fuck shit up. She just won't eat it. I'm like, aren't you fucking hungry? Well, yeah, I haven't eaten all day. Fucking eat this shit then. I don't get it. <laughs> fuck, you're hungry. Uh, so that's the difference between well nourished people and not well nourished. I'm well nourished. Yeah, I'll me too. I'm, I'm eating. hungry. It's going down. So if somebody sends something back of yours, are you fucking up the next one on purpose? Absolutely not. Oh man, terrible. The exact opposite. I'm I'm making sure it's cooked. I mean, when I when I worked in you know like the last restaurant, kind of I like when I ran the restaurant, like you're not actually cooking. You're organizing, calling the chips. You're you're talking to a manager, you're expediting service, you're plating, you're organizing cooks, like you're calling out things. Yeah. So th- I'm very little hands-on in actually like cooking something. You know, I'll taste everything as it comes to the past, but if somebody is complaining about something, then I'm cooking it because I need to neutralize that situation, make them happy again, and kind of get things back on track. One, two, three plates come back, you know, over the course of the service, that can derail everything. Really? Two, two or three plates, just, oh, yeah. just that little bit will fuck up the whole service. Yeah, because if, if you have a table of six and one plate's wrong or one guy's steak is overcooked, you know, you got to bring the whole, sometimes you got to bring the whole table back, Oof. reheat, reheat. It depends on what the problem is, right? But then if you have a table of ten coming up behind them and then it slows them down and it, the ten comes up and then the four, the six, the two behind the ten is everything kind of can come off the rails pretty quickly and then everybody's pissed off. What what's been the most outrageous thing that you've sent back? Like like we can use steak for an example. I mean it can be anything. Like somebody orders medium rare and it comes out medium. Like have you seen that get sent back or most people not that big uh, of assholes? Not that big. I had the one that always gets me is I want medium, no blood. Mm. And there's no actually blood left. Like it's a liquid of like right. the, the moisture content that's in a meat that like when it comes out of and you take a steak right off the grill and cut it, it looks like it's pooling blood because mm-hmm. you haven't let it rest long enough, and there's a, there's a science behind that. But uh, probably that one that gets me, or the well done, not dry. That one always kind of gets me. <laughs> Honestly, like it's, you want a well done tenderloin, like why don't you just have a beef shank? Like it's, you know, and it, in those moments when you get those kind of dishes, you know, the last restaurant, the last, I worked at a, uh, the like a private club that had a dining room and you know we did a lot of high-end food and you know at that point we have a manager who can go over to the table and say you know we think you might be happier with this or you know like this is kind of why tenderloin cooked well done and if you educate people at that level i mean you 
that you can pretty much talk them into enjoying their own meal. Right. You know, sometimes you will get that guy who's, you know, and a gentleman who wants to eat a steak and he wants it well done and he wants to put ketchup on it and by God, that's what he's going to do. It's cool, man. It kills you though. Oh, Don't get me wrong. To. It hurts. It's got to. You see a rib steak or like we, we I mean, do tomahawk steaks. We cut our own tomahawks and like you see a tomahawk go to the table well done and buddy's like got a, you know, bowl of ketchup there. It's like, all right, cool, man. What's the deal You're with tomahawks? What's the deal with tomahawks? Like they're all of a sudden they're it everywhere. It is a ribeye steak, and they you leave the the rib bone in, and you French the rib bone so you take all the meat off of it. But above that is where you get your short rib plates from. Yeah, yeah. And it just looks cool. But they're everywhere now. Like it's the it's, it's the, the trend. It's a trendy cut. Yeah, it's a trendy cut of beef right now. We were doing the whole rib, Frenching the whole thing, but leaving it attached, and then we roast them whole and just cut. Like prime rib style yeah. off of the bone with the tomahawks on them. Yeah, Andy Andy made the like, best best steak I've ever had. He cooked a tomahawk here. That's right, reverse sear, with Rory. It, on the tray, reverse sear is the way to go. I firmly believe that. And then when you want to go a little bit further, get into the sous vide. But reverse sear is pretty much the same same, same idea. Get into the what? Sous vide. Basically, you you vacuum seal your beef into a bag with all a bunch of like with your flavor additives, whatever you want to add it to. Yeah, it goes into a water bath at you know um, uh, your fifty six degrees uh, Celsius, so a hundred and something degrees Fahrenheit, uh, and you it basically that's the, the internal temperature of a medium rare steak. So it goes in sits for an hour and a half, however long it is until you bring the meat up to a perfect medium rare so it's never seen anything more mm-hmm. take it out hot hot sear it really really quickly feel it and then let it rest slice it and it's just delicious see i felt i felt bad because uh tony tony tried to do the tomahawk a couple about a month ago was it didn't turn out as good as yours and I feel bad because like he's not it's not apples to oranges like i i am a i am a esteemed Oh, tomahawk fuck, cooker. here and, we go. And he's coming into this, you know, thinking that anybody can do it. And I'm like, Tony, not everybody can do what I do. Oh, God. You want to pitch with the big dogs, you got to lift your leg a little bit higher. I'm, I know it. I know it. That's, <laughs> you, that, I feel bad for your, Tony, though. Your brisket's not any good, though. I can't do a brisket, though. I can't. I will admit that. But your, your tomahawk you know what? is a, the best. Brisket is a uh, brisket's an interesting one. Like, you, um, what's his name? Uh, Alan... Uh, the barbecue guy. He's in Texas. Is he Texas? Franklin. Oh, Aaron, Aaron Franklin. Aaron Franklin, yeah. Yes. He, he He's a big proponent of brisket, and he talks, and sh- he does a lot of demos on brisket. You can find yep. his stuff. Oh, I've watched it's I've watched pretty- every video he's got. Oh, cool. Have you been to his restaurant? I have not. No, it's in Austin, and, like, you got to show up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning to get lunch. you got to yeah. sit in line for, like, four or five hours. I'm not doing that. Teat fucking brisket? There's, uh, no. No way. I saw a thing, a guy, there's people who will sit in the lines for you. Oh. <laughs> Get your order, and then you pick it up. My fat ass is all over that deal it's right like there. A, it's like an Uber for Aaron Franklin. I would be all over that shit. I can't believe brisket Man, is that popular. Oh, so cool. Oh, he's, he's big time. Yeah, I've watched. A, it's salt and pepper is all that he does. and Yeah. yeah. See, and well, I. Texas I, style barbecue, right? Do what? Yeah, that's Texas. Yeah, that's Texas. And even like he'll tell you like so like his pork and stuff. It's mainly he does he does a pork butt and it's salt, pepper, and a little bit of paprika just for the just to kind of add color. But most of what he does is just simply salt and pepper. But 
I've heard a lot of people, guys that cook brisket around here, they say, don't trim any fat. Take it out of the package. Don't trim any fat. No fat. They say don't trim anything. No fat. Because that's what. No, and on the bottom side, just the connective tissue. Right. But Aaron, like, he spends fucking 30, 45 minutes trimming this bitch up. So I, I don't fucking know. But my, I've done brisket four or five times. Every one of them has turned out. I don't get a good enough bark. Uh, it's tough. So I've got two in my freezer right now that I've got to uh, muster up the courage to thaw out and try to cook. But um, I can do tomahawk. Start with a tri-tip. Start with a tri-tip. It's way easier to cook than a brisket. I've done a tri-tip. Turned out pretty good. I did it there just like I no. did it just like I did the uh, my steak. I reverse sear everything now, basically. Like if, everything. If I if if, if it's going to get grilled, I'm going to reverse sear it. I even 100%. this is how big of a snob I am. I even reverse seared my hamburgers, smoked it. Now listen, it didn't do anything. I would never do it again. But uh, I figured, <laughs> I figured, fuck it. You know, I'll try it. I got nothing. It's Saturday. I got nothing to do. We'll, we'll smoke these burgers for 30 or 40 minutes and see if it adds anything. It did not, so I'm not doing that again. No, there's certain things that benefit from the reverse gear, but, like, in a burger, you've already, like, changed the cell structure. You've already ground that meat. It's got no structure left in it. So there's nothing to really break down in terms of, like, slow, low cooking. So, I mean, a hot steer on a burger is a hot steer on a burger. I took a majority of the ducks that we shot this year, and I made, like, a... Like that, like a meat pie, like a torch air out of like a meat pie, essentially out of them. Mm-hmm. Good. And you just ground ground it up and meat pie. I brined, I brined, uh, I brined it for a bit, dried them out so that they were. I got a little bit of nitrate into them, and then yeah, just baked them into a meat pie. It was really, really good. I and did it was primarily duck. There was a couple. There was a little bit of turkey, uh, and then I did the, the drumsticks off the turkey, like yeah. the the drum out off the turkey and I stuck that in the middle of it once it was braised and then baked it so there's like this bone sticking out of it looks a little phallic but I, I kind of like it <laughs> do you uh, do, what do you do with like the connective tissue in the turkey legs because I, th- I think it's it's pretty bad isn't it isn't it everywhere I only it, eat the turkey breast because uh, the legs look a little gamey to me honestly turkey legs so we, I, I plucked my turkeys. Actually, we were, I was scouting for turkeys yesterday. I'm looking for a new place to hunt them. Um, we plucked them all the way out and then debone them, take the breast, back and kill them. I, I think after last year, I shot a 25 and a half pounder. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he was big. Uh, I'm done shooting big ones. Only going small ones. Why? Was he tough or what? I'm, I'm, from now on, I'm sleuthing Jake. That's it. They taste better. <laughs> they eat better. So this one was just real, real like just like leather or what? Just tough, yeah. Like the legs, we had to buy to braise them forever. Huh. Um, yeah, I and guess he was that a survivor sense, too. He'd already been shot at once. Like there was a pellet in his like neck. Oh wow! Uh, that had like a gangrene spot on it. But oh. obviously, I didn't put it on him. Oh, that's terrible. But I could yeah, see that. It was. I could see that, but. Ron, he loves the turkey legs. So anytime I shoot a turkey, I take the breast, he takes the legs, and he, uh, I think he boils them, and then I think he does like <laughs> he does like turkey noodle soup with them is what he does. So he, yeah. he boils them, then shreds it, and then takes all that shit out and does turkey noodle soup. That's his First, thing. That, honestly, like, we make turkey soup out of it. We, they take all the bones out of it, the wings, uh, and then make stock out of it. I love turkey stock. I, uh, I brined a turkey – 
for Thanksgiving this year. I've never brined anything. I've never been in that camp. That's not my thing. It was really cool. fucking good. It was really good. It, it allows you to overcook it and still have a moist bird because that salt, like salt sugar, kind of gets in the cell wall, holds moisture in as you're cooking it. So the, the turkey's not losing all of its water. Right. I was actually, and so was my wife, because I, I did it and I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? I'm boiling water. It's fucking two days. I got to let this bird take up all this fucking room in my fridge in a, in a pot. This is stupid. And I, I'd be damned. I cut into the thing. It was fucking good. So I'm thinking you boiled about... The, you boiled your brine first? Yes, and that's that what you're supposed to do. And then you and then you uh, throw ice in it, shock it back? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I use one part hot water just out of like a tap or the kettle. Really? Pour it over to the salt sugar and the spice mix, and then I just dissolve it. Yeah, you can brine it. You can boil it. I don't know. Are you going to get any more of the aromatic flavors out of whatever you're doing? Maybe, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that camp. I wasn't in the Brian camp quick. at all, and now I'm thinking about. I'm in the Brian camp for you sure. Just oh be- yeah, hundred percent. I brine everything almost. Hmm. I, I I don't know. Definitely poultry. In terms of poultry, for yeah, sure. poultry. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do. No, that. I'm not. I'm not brining a rib steak, but I mean, if you have time to like season it, dry rub it, let it sit for a bit in your fridge, absolutely. Bring it up to room temperature before you cook it, for sure. But I mean, that's a lot of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, and I thought it was way over overzealous for a turkey. Talk to me about oh, uh, talk to me about dry aging. How do you go about doing that? So if I got like a rib roast and I wanted to uh, dry don't. age, don't do you it. You don't. You don't. You no offense, but it's you, you need to buy like a whole rib. You need to control humidity, light, uh, temperature, a lot of things. Like people think you can just kind of stick it in your fridge and yeah, that's what I've heard. Get the same result. You can get a bit of it but that you need airflow you need a lot of things to kind of make it happen basically what dry aging does is it lets the moisture come out of the beef as well as aid in uh decomposition of the beef so it's a lot more tender you get like a really like gamey not things the wrong word you get a really strong like beefy flavor out of it mm-hmm. if it's done right it's really really good um but you got to kind of trim some of the outside stuff off, otherwise it's a little too mank, Yeah, if that makes sense. I saw a video. Somebody, I can't remember how long they dry-aged it for. Somewhere in New York. It's a fucking expensive steak, and it's like, I want to Oh, say, yeah, 100, 110 days, 120. Like, it's probably I, Peter Luger's. So we, I don't think it's Peter Luger's. Yeah. But it was one of those places, and, like, you see this thing at 120 days? It's black. It's black. Fuck. Yeah. I can't. We dip them in uh, beef fat sometimes. Like we'll get, wait, if we're doing a whole, uh, if we're dry aging them at the restaurant or something, render out beef fat, dip it in beef fat, and that kind of seals it. And then you will put them away for a couple for a bit. Um, definitely, like anytime you get a whole roast or something, if you can leave it overnight or for two days in your fridge open just to dry out a bit, so mm-hmm. you kind of get some of that like moisture loss going. Um, it's it's definitely a good way to do it. So when you when you're doing these 120 days and they get black, are they pretty rank smelling? Oh, I mean, I'm not. I've never. I don't have the facility or capabilities to do 120 days. You can buy cabinets now that do it like that will allow you to do it. The smell of them is really strong though. That's what I was wondering because like oh, yeah. at the Peter Luger's, it I've smell great. <laughs> yeah. And somebody will tell you, oh no, it's amazing. I love the smell of dry aged beef. You're crazy. It's like all right, cool. Yeah, different strokes. But the lady that was eating this 120-day-age steak even said, like, I'm getting, like, a 
hint of blue cheese taste. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, it's got that like kind of like penicillin. Like not kind of like it's the wrong word, but like it's that strong kind of. Especially if they were to leave a little bit of the outside on it, act oh. like they didn't trim it like really well. Because oh. <sighs> you're in that at that point, you're in that you've lost weight on the animal on the meat for like moisture loss. So you try to trim it responsibly so that you can still make your margins on it. But it's I don't know. So I like dried beef. Don't get me wrong, but the 120 day is is a little bit long for you. Yeah. I like a 60, 65. Uh, 80s are good, but anything more, I think it's just a bit too much for me. Are they? Did, is the steak just that much more tender when you age it that much longer? Yes, it's gonna. It's it's more tender the longer you let it age because it's basically the muscle is decomposing. Like that, the structure of the muscle is gone. Like if you eat a steak right off the cow, I don't care what you know, AAA, you know, USDA Prime, no matter what it is, it's gonna be hot, tough to eat right. because that muscle is still really strong. Right. That's the only thing on our you trip. You can age. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, the only thing on our trip I regret is we didn't go to Peter Luger's to eat because I've always wanted to go there. And I mean, I've never been to Peter Luger's either. I, so I grew up in a, like, I worked at a butcher shop. Like, we had, I had amazing steaks always. Yeah. So I, I'm not a big person to go out for a steak. Like, my dad loves steak, but my, like, we were growing up, like, my dad was the, he worked for a barbecue company. Uh, he was the vice president of a pretty big barbecue company. He cooked steak really well. I grew up in a butcher shop. You know, we always had good steak at home. So I was never the let's go for a steak. Even now, I mean, I'm I'm not going to go out and order a steak at a restaurant. See, we we I, we cook steak all the time, so it's not like a treat. Like some people, oh my god, we're having steak because we eat steak once or exactly. twice a, once exactly. or twice a week, anyways. But. I would like to go to Peter Luger's because it's one. Of the, I want to see how good it is because a lot of times you go places and it's not much better than anywhere else, and you think, "Well, that was really overrated." But like Philly cheesesteak, I would like to try that. Andy, the, I had Gino's Philly cheesesteak, Rory. It's freaking awesome. Tell you I right bet. Now. Have you ever had one yeah, in Philly? Yeah. I've never. I've never been to Philly. Uh, I've never been to Philly. It was amazing. You try it, but I would like to have Peter Luger's, but. I don't want to taste anything that tastes like blue cheese because to me there's nothing fucking nastier than the world. My wife loves blue cheese and ugh, it's horrible. It's not like I'm trying to explain. Like it's comparable to, but you're not going to taste it and be like, oh my god, that it tastes like blue cheese. Like it's 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 got like a very unique aroma, like a unique kind of flavor profile to it. It's got. I mean, and again, it all depends on how it's done and who does it, how they cook it. Like if you do it over wood fire versus gas or versus something else or in a smoker honestly like a week i did the I, I like tomahawk in like a on like a traeger style system like smoke reverse sear style smoke at the beginning not too heavy on the smoke finished on a hot grill over hardwood that's gone down to charcoal like that's my idea of doing a really kind of good steak that's how i like it well i don't want anything that tastes like pickled asshole and that's what fucking blue cheese tastes like so there's no way Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what uh how do you season your steak just salt pepper uh yeah salt salt pepper um it, i mean it all depends like it, it, yeah yeah I'm, I'm a salt pepper guy some people are like the, the steak spice um like montreal's montreal steak spice yeah it i like it on certain things but not on everything i like i like skirt steak that's my if i'm gonna have like a steak like a i like skirt steaks i like the vets, but I mean, 
a rib steak is good. A tenderloin, I could never eat a tenderloin again in my life, and I'd be fine. Why? Um, I just, too, too many? I don't know. It's not even I've eaten too many. I mean, I've eaten too many. I don't know. It's, it's not my favorite thing. It's tender. It doesn't have great flavor. It's not the most flavorful steak. I like rib steaks, uh, skirt steak, hanger steak. I love flank steak. Like, those kind of more slightly tougher but a lot more flavorful cuts. Um, whereas the tenderloin is just tender. And it, I mean, it still has flavor, but it's not the most flavorful steak. I always feel kind and of ripped the off. The price of the tenderloin is way, way too much for me. Yeah, like you go you go to these places, and it's like uh, you can either get a 16-ounce ribeye for 40 bucks, or you can get an 8-ounce filet for 40 bucks. I'm like, well, fuck, why would yeah. I want to get the filet? You're I mean, yeah. Half the <laughs> meat for the same price? Yeah, it is, I mean, a, a rib steak, a ribeye, a rib steak, or a bone and a rib steak, as long as they're cut right, I think they're good. Um, I just, you can't cut a rib steak less than, I think, 12, 14, 16 ounces. Like, it turns on the side of the eye. But when you cut a steak really, really thin, like, I like a hard sear on my steak. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like that, like, caramelized fat, caramelized meat. But if you cook a really thin steak that way it's just like i don't know lost on it. it's lost what you can do with it yeah i don't know i uh but i do I, I i can make a uh i can make a good steak so poultry that's that's one thing that you can kind of do everything with what's your favorite like you got a whole chicken what are you going to do with it Ooh, i don't know a lot of different things i like we buy like a lot of whole chickens, and we'll, like we'll uh, clean them, debone them, vacuum seal them, kind of throw them away. Uh, if I got a whole chicken, split it down the back, leave the bones in it, and then kind of like flatten it. Mm-hmm. Cook it on a grill or like over wood. We have a a fire pit at the cottage, um, and then we'll burn you know hardwood, and then get down to charcoal, and then we cook over it a lot. Like we'll bake. I have a cat there, and then we bake bread over it and stuff like that. I like everything cooked over hardwood. I think it just adds, like, that flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but just brine it and then just cook it really slowly. Get a bit of sear on the skin, flip it over to the bone, and then just cook it on the bone. Right. How often yeah, are you trying How often are you trying new things? Like, do you have a certain amount of days a week where you're like, all right, kids, it's fucking new dish Monday? Or are you, like, no. or, or are you just cooking your generic stuff all the time? It honestly depends. Um, if I see something I really want to try or I think something's really cool, I'm in the mood for a certain thing, then yeah, then I'll invest the time and energy into doing it. Um, but if not, then chances are not. I don't know. Just not really. Burgers and chicken every night. Chicken breast every night. Chicken, not chicken breast. I, <laughs> I, I am not a chicken breast. I'm a leg guy. I got a, a boneless, skinless chicken breast to me is like death. No okay. shit. Well, <laughs> eating cardboard. Well, I'm against, I'm, so my brother's a. Uh, you know what the Iron Man is? Yes. Yeah, it's so like, into, it's like three races, he, isn't it? Yeah, swimming, biking, and running. So right. He's an Iron Man contestant guy, and so is his wife. So they're on the. They did the plant based diet. They're on a plant based diet now. Like they're not vegetarians or vegans. Like if we're having something else, like they'll eat it. But they're on the plant based thing, and I think that is a real kind of challenge, and I enjoy it. Like. I don't want to eat a plant-based diet by any means. I mean, I, you don't get my size eating a plant-based diet. <laughs> but I think there's really cool challenges in plant-based food. Um, 
to make something that's really good and not like, oh, it's Beyond the Mutant or whatever. I'm not going to say a brand name because whatever. I don't want to like run anybody down. But like a burger that's plant-based burger, I don't see the point. Like make something that's really great using vegetables with different techniques and cooking. But why does it have to be something that is designed to emulate meat without being meat? Right. How the fuck do they make something so, taste like beef that's fucking ground up carrots? There ain't no way. Well, have you tried it's it? The texture. Yeah, it? Fuck no. I ain't eating no damn. It I want to eat meat. Taste, it doesn't taste like beef. It's ground up vegetables and spices and different gums and things to give it textures and stuff like that. It. I don't know. It's not my thing. How can that, that be better not, for you? I'm not going to run it down. Anybody. It. I don't think it. I mean, I posted a thing about it on Instagram. A while ago, like the ingredient list of that next to the ingredient list in a burger, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave it there. I, I I'm not totally pro it. If you're gonna do it, do it by all means. Whatever. If I mean, I don't know. I'm not judging anybody for what they do. You, so you, I don't care what you do. You're you're nicer than I am. I'm gonna tell you right now. If you want something that tastes like a fucking hamburger, go eat a fucking hamburger. If you want to eat plant based, then fucking call it what it is. It's chopped up vegetables with a bunch of bullshit put with it. I'll tell you what, though. When I was in Thailand, it's a, one of very few countries in the world where you would, I think, honestly, you could be a vegetarian and you'd be okay. Like, everything else is so good that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Like, I can eat this way. And, like, there's a lot of, like, but there's nothing when, when we were there. There was nothing that was trying to be neat. It was just like, we're doing this. Yeah, and I don't, it was amazing. See, that part don't bother me. At all. I just don't. I saw that fucking Burger King's got this plant-based. It's not a fucking hamburger. I mean, it's not. Don't call it that. I don't go to Burger King anyways. It's not my place. I'm not a Burger King fan. No, I'm with you. I, you know, I'm just not doing it. I'm not, I don't like Burger King, but I ain't need no plant-based bullshit, anything. And they just. And you guys are lucky in the U.S. You have so many good, like, burger chain franchises. We have, are- we have one, Whataburger. Oh. You have so many more than Whataburger. No, Whataburger is the best by far. Have you been to Shake Shack? What, what's it called? Shake Shack. Shake Shack? We don't have those. Not in Texas. They're coming, though. Shake Shack. I've never heard of it. We got Shake Shack. Yeah, we got a place called on, uh, Steak and Shake. Coast. No, it's Shake Shack. It's an East Coast franchise. It, uh, it started in New York. The guy who partnered in it originally sold out his partnership in it. It's amazing. Shake Shack, and then what's the what's the one from the West Coast? Um, in and out. In and out. Oh, In and Out's not even close to Waterburger. We have In and Out here. Yeah, we have In and Out. Waterburger's so In-N-Out. much better. The one that I can't understand is the the chicken. What's it called? Um, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. My sister lives in. Oh. She's in Kentucky right now, and we argue about Chick Fil. I don't like Chick Fil A. It's the best there is of chicken sandwiches. I don't. I'm not. I'm not with you on that. What do you think's better? I had it uh, as for a chicken restaurant. Yeah. I don't know. Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick Fil A. Oh no, not even I, close. Personally, oh. like, honestly, I like Popeye's chicken sandwich way better than I like. Yeah, but- I mean, I had Chick Fil A twice when I was in Cincinnati. Once at a Chick Fil A, I had it at the airport the first time, and I was like, "All right, it was bad, <laughs> but it's the airport, so I'm not going to like take it as what it is." Yeah, and then I had it again. Downtown or not downtown? And just we were near the hotel. I went and got a sandwich late night, and both times it was bad. And I was like, "That's it." No, that, that, see, you're you're from Canada, so you really don't count. This would be like me trying to tell you about hockey. 
You know, it just don't work. A southern chicken hold sandwich on, is a southern you chicken think it's sandwich. Like you telling me about hockey? I eat food. <laughs> you eat chicken food. sandwich at Chick Fil A is by far better than any other chicken sandwich anywhere. That's why there's lines everywhere you man. go. I don't know. I'm come on, sure R- Rory. Come on now. Popeyes is is frozen. They just warm them up. <laughs> what do you? What is Chick Fil A? They Chick-fil-A cook them. What? Raising, they cook them. The last time you were at Chick Fil A, did you walk through the chicken garden and see the fresh chickens that were sitting there? They're Fuck, not no, fucking bad. You gotta be they close on Sunday so they can slaughter all their birds for the week. Come <laughs> on, you have to wait. Come line. on. I I heard that Costco and Sam's has a chicken sandwich that tastes identical to the Chick-fil-A sandwich. You, so you're as bad as Rory, Andy. No, but what I'm saying is, oh, is that it's just they're probably all getting it from the same spot. Uh Chick-fil-A's yeah. licensing, exclusive licensing to this perfect chicken sandwich probably ran out and Sam's and Costco jumped on board and now Look you can up. get the same thing. You can even get waffle fries with it. At Sam's and Costco. Have you seen the new now KFC? They've got a chicken sandwich under two donuts. Now oh, I'm gonna tell you, fuck that. Disgusting. I'm not no. doing that. I, okay, so here's my other thing: is I'm not. I don't eat a lot of like fast food style stuff yeah. personally, just because like I'm just trying to for my own. I'm just trying to be healthier. Mm-hmm. But it's like you see some of the stuff that comes out. Like we have the same. We have like it's called the CNE. It comes to town once a year, like the end of the summer. And they have, like, a food booth, and it's, like, the cronut burger. It's, like, a cruller with a burger in the middle. And it's, like, why would anybody want to eat that? But it's, like, sells that every day. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't get it. There's some weird shit. You know what There's some, that, that uh, I, I remember that, that donut thing now. And I told my wife, oh. I'm, like, there is no way in hell that I you would that. ever catch me eating that. Do you like Krispy Kreme? Yeah. Do you like Krispy Kreme? So, <laughs> No, you don't like I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts. The original Krispy Kreme donut, they're okay. I just, I always feel really sick after I have one. I do I too. Ill, they're too sweet. So I try to avoid eating them. They're too sweet. If you put two Krispy Kreme donuts and you put a Chick Fil A chicken breast between them, no, that'd be pretty munchy. No, I, I'm with you. Are you kidding me right now? I would try that. That's I like. Well, you don't eat a wild duck. Fuck! But you'll eat a burger in between two Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> I, no, Jesus, I would eat man, a at least chicken. Cut the donut in half. Put I would pop donut in the bottom of the donut. You one donut. <laughs> oh, good lord! I would eat two Krispy Kremes with a Chick Fil A sandwich in between. No. Yeah, who, who does the Who does the food at your life? Who, no who does way. the cooking? My wife does. <laughs> There's no Thank way I God. eat that. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Thank- I would try the Krispy Kremes with the Chick Fil A chicken breast between them. Yep, I would try that. I didn't try the KFC one. I wouldn't do that. It don't look as good because it's not a Krispy Kreme, and I don't like KFC chicken. Oh, oh my god! You know you're talking about I'm uncomfortable. <clears throat> you're just sitting here. <laughs> hey, what the fuck's you're a wild there. duck have to do with anything? There's nothing. If you had to take a wild duck's not even the top 100 of anything to eat. He's saying of all the shit that you're going to put into your body, but you uh, won't try a wild duck. I've tried wild duck. It's not good. I've never had one that was any good. Never had one done. Roy, do you right. do you eat sushi? I do. What, what what kind? Do you like the? And, and honestly, everything. I have a buddy of mine who owns. Uh, he owns what? He owns a, uh, a couple of sushi restaurants, uh, and they're amazing. Um, and I I'll, used to go there all the time. My youngest son. Something happened to him. He's in the army now, and he loves sushi. I'm like, what the fuck happened? It's I- amazing. Like if you if you're in a spot with a good sushi restaurant, it's. I mean, I love sushi. 
I just I, I like the California roll. I don't really consider that sushi. So I've eaten it. And Those I, are like the nigiri rolls with like the, it's a roll with a whole bunch of different stuff in it. But like if you get like a barbecue eel on like the rolls or like. All of those kind of like flavors and the umami flavors of it all—it's like, amazing. Like I would, I love sushi. See, I've had the California roll. It's got crab meat in it. I don't consider crab really a sushi, so it's t- cucumber and avocado. Whatever. It's not bad. But I tried a ch- yeah. I tried a hunk of tuna one time. <laughs> oh, whoa. oh man! If you get good tuna, like I love good tuna or like those things. I'm like those are the kind of fish. Like when they get to like, if you can slice them and eat them raw, or, like cure them lightly. I love, fish. I, I mean, I love fish. I oh. do. Now I tell you what I love. My favorite thing to eat, probably one of my favorite things to eat, is is uh, ceviche. I love real ceviche. Okay, so how do you like ceviche and not sushi? Because sushi is like eating fucking raw fucking bait for some reason to me. With ceviche, put lemon juice on it <laughs> or <laughs> soy sauce. I don't. I guess I yeah, don't. Yeah, put I, soy sauce, hot sauce, and ginger on it. I guess I don't like the red meat, like the tuna and stuff, where the ceviche is a white flaky meat and but octopus. You can ceviche tuna. I like you can just ceviche anything. Well, the ceviche I've had, I, I like. I like um, octopus. I've had shrimp and I've had the white fish all done that way and the pico de gallo. Oh yeah, it's I, amazing. I love, but man, I I did. I had some raw fucking tuna. Ugh. Oof. Man, it was almost as bad as blue cheese. <laughs> you got to have a real sharp oh, knife that? to do the yeah. sushi, don't oh, you? I, I got a couple of those. <laughs> but, I mean, it's got to be like extra, extra, doesn't it, to slice it that thin? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did a video I did a video a while ago, but I just had to clean a whole salmon. Um, we were through them pretty quick, and, yeah, you got to use a sharp knife. See, I'm not a big salmon eater either. Oh, I love salmon. Yeah, I love salmon too. You like salmon? I love halibut. That's actually my dream trip. I want to go to Alaska, fish halibut, and then I want to go even further up north and uh, do the the king eider. That that would be a fun trip. That's, that's I, my bucket list. That's, I, that's my bucket list trip. I guess I like the white meat fish better when I do the red fish because I'm not a big salmon eater unless it's in a fucking patty, and I'm sure you don't like to eat them that way. No way. I mean, yeah, I. I oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked at a restaurant where we have like a we're at a club where we had a like a dining room and then we had like a quick service kind of grill thing and we would take all of our fish trim and we'd make a fish burger out of it mm-hmm. and that thing we I mean I would have to order fish to grind to make burgers because we sold we sell so many of them they're delicious I love a fish burger why not so so the salmon you just gut it first and then you just go in by the gill and just straight down the straight down the backbone. Uh, yeah, I do it kind of different. I separate them uh, once it's been gutted and scaled um, under the tail on both sides, or on one on the on the second side that you're going to cut. I'll free the meat, flip it over behind the gill, trace the spine, kind of get under. It's all my Facebook. There's a video of me doing. It. I think actually Jeff commented on it. Probably he comments on everything. You're lucky he didn't steal it. He does <laughs> he could have stole it? That would have been fine. You Thank know, you. You know, you were talking about earlier about uh, trying to, attempting to eat healthy. In February, when hunting season's over, I always, I start working out again. I start watching what I eat. I was going to try uh, the carnivore diet. But then I did some more digging on what you can eat, and I quickly yeah. talked myself out of that. What is the carnivore, just meat? It's steak and eggs. What's wrong with that? Yeah. That's all you eat. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's just like salt, too, I think. Yeah, the whole 
No that spices. Was, I mean, honestly, there's there's a I can't remember who wrote the book, but it's like uh, it's like a balance. The concept is eat whole foods, mostly vegetables, and you'll be fine. Just stay away from the prepared stuff. Shop the outside of the grocery store. Don't go into the middle. Yep. Yeah, that's where all the fresh stuff is. If it's got an expiration yeah. date within like ten days, eat it. You it, cool. Here's one for you since you're a chef and I trust you. How the hell can you make asparagus and broccoli taste worth a shit? <laughs> oh, man. That's actually a good question. I find, well, broccoli is one of those things that's kind of grown everywhere, but asparagus is like a summer thing to me. Like, you got it. Like, we grow asparagus. Uh, our asparagus season is really, really short. So I think it's getting good asparagus. Like, if you buy asparagus, like, it's in January, it comes in from. God knows where, like Peru and Mexico and all these places, like they're like really skinny and like yeah. they've traveled so far, they're like dehydrated. They don't taste like much. Whatever, they're not very good. But like we blanch them in a in a pot of like seasoned water and then a little bit of butter. Take them out, then like put them on a grill and just grill them. When they come off the grill, a little bit of lemon juice, uh, a little bit of like finishing salt, cracked black pepper. It's amazing. I love asparagus. I love asparagus too, but you're right. We had asparagus about two weeks ago, and it was that skinny shit, and it you couldn't hardly eat it. Oh, man. Like, we, uh, like I have two little kids, right? So I'm always buying stuff that's like strawberries from God knows where and blueberries. And, like, it lasts, like, three or four days in your fridge, and then you're like, oh, starting to go crappy. I got to freeze them in my life and drink it as a smoothie. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we so, we bake our asparagus. We go, we'll chop up some garlic, sprinkle it over the top, yeah. a little bit of olive oil, and then bake it to For where sure. you can pierce it with a, a fork. It's pretty good that way. Yeah. As a guy that likes like crisp, uh, cream donuts and chicken. There ain't no I I can't I don't like asparagus for some reason. Sometimes I'll get it oh, and it's man. really good. I'm just not big. same with broccoli. I like broccoli when it's steamed and it's still crispy. But if you get that shit soft and wilty, ugh. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Somebody, uh, yeah, like somebody showed up the other day. Um, uh, no, not the other day. A couple of months ago, and they brought their kid over and a friend of a friend of mine, and they're like, "Oh, I brought too much broccoli. We had girls eat it." And I looked at it and it was like blanched. You know, how, like if it's over blanched, it's like starting to go brown. Yes. And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, they have their own broccoli. I got broccoli <laughs> in the fridge for them." Like, I pulled it out and it's like bright, vibrant green. I'm like, my kids will not eat. Brown broccoli, like it's not that they're snobby. They'll just be like, "Well, I'm not eating it." That's what I hate about summer or winter time. Is you yeah, just, anything vegetables, vegetables and fruit, especially. I love yellow peaches, and you, you can't get yellow peaches around us at all. And boy, when you find them and they're good and sweet, you got like three weeks to find them at the stores. And then oh it's, yeah, it's that fucking nasty winter fruit, which is sucks, boy. Hey, have you had uh, what's that stinky fruit called? Dur- durian? durian. 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 Have you ever had that? Yes, in Thailand. Yeah. Was it as bad as it? Yeah, like, yeah, does yeah. it smell as bad as? No, uh, it's like you gotta like peel. I don't know how to do it. There's a whole like like a whole way that you have to like clean it and do it and like uh, the guy who did it, it was good. Um, but I like see them in the grocery store every now and then. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm touching that. <laughs> see, we don't have stores that sell it here ever. I saw some in New York one time on the side of the one of their you know markets in New York City. You I can't like eat to- it on the subway. Oh, you can't? You cannot. Oh, I would like to try one once just to see, because I've heard both it's good, and I've heard people say it's bad. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was good when we had it, but 
don't know. If you go to where something comes from, it's going to be amazing, right? If you get something that's here, it's not like good. I don't know. I'm not a big, I was never a big pineapple fan. And then we went to a place where pineapples grow. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, we're going to like clean this pineapple and eat it. And it's like, this is the most amazing pineapple I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, because it, it was right here. This is like, you cut it off the tree a couple days ago and then it's perfect. It's like warm from the sun. Like it's never seen a refrigerator. It's never seen like overseas shipping. Like it's amazing. Have you been to Disneyland? Oh, not yet. But I don't remember it. My, that, my parents took us when we were like the, little. They have a thing there called a pineapple whip, and it's dull. It's right there. It's pineapple Cool Whip or something. It's kind of like an ice cream. That shit's awesome. Which I like pineapples. Oh, though. I love. I mean, I like pineapples. I like most fruit and vegetables. There's nothing I don't really like. I love cauliflower. That's my jam. Boo. I'm I'm not with mm. you. There. Oh. You had me on a lot I of this it. stuff. Not cauliflower. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If you there's like if you make like a batter and you deep fry cauliflower and like you spice it like it, it's amazing. It tastes like it. fucking cauliflower. It. Everything with cauliflower. See? I think you can do everything with cauliflower. It's like broccoli though. If you overcook it, it's gross. Send me that battered uh, cauliflower recipe. I'll try it. I'll try it. See what 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 turned me off of cauliflower is we had a meal at church one time and. This lady, this is bad already. This lady tricked us. She like boiled it and mashed it, and it looked like mashed potatoes. And she put like melted cheese and stuff. Oh, that on would top. be such a disappointment. And I thought it was mashed. You I thought it was mashed potatoes. With the devil, I Eat thought the devil. <laughs> I thought it was mashed potatoes, <laughs> and I got awful. a big heaping spoon up, big heaping serving of it. And I got back to my table. I was so excited because that cheese was like perfectly. Perfectly oh. melted, and I could see the butter oozing out of it, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, we're about to go to town!" And it was cauliflower, cauliflower Man. mash. You know, they that's if big... you cook something to that point, it's like very few vegetables can be cooked till that kind of level of cook, like mashable, mm-hmm. and be good. Why? Why do they mash fucking uh, cauliflower anyways? I see that all the time know. now. They're trying to change it from a potato. Trying to trick you. Why would anybody fuck with mashed potatoes? That's the greatest vegetable meal on earth. Are potatoes a vegetable? Yeah. Like, there's no like, there's no redeeming quality out of a potato. Is there? There's no nutritional value, right? It's there, good. There is. there is nutritional value. Yeah, there is nutritional value. Where a lot of potatoes lose their nutritional value is when you add all the things that make potatoes good: cream, butter, cheese. <laughs> Can you? Is there anything better than mashed potatoes of any vegetable dish? I can't think of Absolutely one. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's absolutely mean, not. Potatoes mashed, are like potatoes are the greatest thing in the entire world. They're so versatile. There's not one cooking technique that produces a poor potato. You can deep fry them in the chips. You can mash them. You can roast them. You can bake them. You can do anything to them. The only thing I don't want to do to a potato is eat it raw. But if somebody said, "Hey, it's really good. Try it," I would. <laughs> yeah, potato is the way to go, but I don't understand this mashed cauliflower shit. I just I think why the I've f- never I've never had a mashed cauliflower in my life. Well, there's the big thing in America right now that's trying to push said healthy eating substitute mashed. I mean, cauliflower. I guess I understand it if you're trying to say like oh, potatoes are carbohydrate, and we have a very heavily carbohydrate diet, and you know you're trying to change people's diet on like a consumptional consumable level, but like eat in moderation. Make most of your vegetables green. Eat starches and whole food. Yeah. The problem with all that is, is a fat boy, I like food. That's the problem. I like food, 
and I like it I don't big. You. I like big I qualities. <laughs> you want to put a fucking so, sandwich on a Krispy Kreme donut? You don't eat duck. I don't trust you. Well, a duck so is, I, like you. I think you're a nice guy. I hang out with you, but duck. I don't know if I would. I don't know about eating. Duck is not something people think of when they think of a good scrumptious meal. To me, and it's funny because I'm in the waterfowl business. Are you business. kidding me? The pillars of French cuisine are like comfy duck legs, roasted duck breast, like the best food in the world. No, duck this, is a staple. Now listen, I know you live in Canada and y'all got some French people there, but we don't really think of French as really fine on anything. So that's us. Are they? You, 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 oh no! You, you get all French the French. Cuisine. You get all the French food up there, right? Everything. Now the poutine Anything. is that French? Poutine. I don't know where poutine comes from. To be completely honest, I probably should have looked into it before we did this. But like, I don't know where it comes from. It's not like I don't know. It's it's not something like people eat on a regular basis. How's that? <laughs> that's like a southern like, food, though. Really, French fries, gravy, and some meat. That's pretty. That's pretty southern. Cheaper, yeah. It it, it, it it is. It's like. I don't know. It comes from like cold winters and a sugar shack. I, mean, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea where it comes from. It's good, but it's not something where you're like, oh man, like what makes poutine good? Salt. It's salt and fat and potato. Like deep fried salt fat. It's delicious. You, you, I'll tell you something. It's some, not something I want to eat every day. I'll tell you something the Northerners got us beat on is fucking cheese sticks and cheese curds. Cheese curds are so much better than Way cheese better. sticks. Way yeah. better. Yeah. There's, there's a few. There's a few things, I don't know, there's certain geographical areas where you go to and you're like, they just do it better. Like, barbecue in the South is really, 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 really good. But outside of that kind of style of food, like, it's not like there's a a lot of others. Like, there is, but it's not, like, super prominent. What, what is, good. if you shoot a, we're going to, let's talk about goose for a minute. You shoot a goose. Yeah. A big goose, a grater, a bit we call a grater, a big bird. Yeah. How would we, you, what's we were having graters two weeks ago. What's your preference on how to cook that? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of different ways. We make like a, like think of like a prosciutto. Kind of, yeah. the best way to call it would be like that. So we soak them for a day, brine them, then like a light chair on them, and then cook them in a smoke, like dry them out in a smoker. Uh, and then hang them. Those are really a great way to do it. And you slice it so it's almost like a cured deli meat style. Um, I really like to brine goose breast and then like slowly, slowly, slowly roast them. Um, if they're not, if they, you got to do a lot to them in that way. Uh, and grind them and make like a goose sausage. Yeah. Um, and then the legs, we take all, I, I got to take all the legs off. Actually, I got in trouble. I, I'm, we were goose hunting three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, we, in some areas in Ontario, there's no Sunday gun hunting. Mm-hmm. So we get an extended goose season. So they give us two weeks early and then they close it down. And then we get a week in end of February. Um, so we shot a bunch of geese one day and then I, I left a goose leg on the counter with like the foot on it. I just went to the washroom, came back and my wife and I shoot my ass on that deal. But we braise them and like pull them apart and you almost have like that pulled goose breast or goose leg meat or we'll grind them into sausages and grind them into stuff. See, uh, the goose legs. How much meat are you getting off of these? A lot. A big, really? big bird would have some like, big old legs. We shoot lessers. We shoot big birds. Like, right. We're not shooting little... Like I, I, I've never killed... Actually, I was looking at it the other day. I keep a, tra- a log of everything we kill. 
I still need to kill a lesser. I've never killed a snow goose. Um, and I've never killed a speckle belly. You need to come to Knox City, you Texas. Need to come to Texas, and you, can cha- and you can change Jeff's mind all in the same trip. You can knock all of that off, and you can change Jeff's mind on duck and goose on eating it. You can- I was trying to convince a buddy of mine to, to, that we should we should head down. Come, but uh, come down, come down. Hey, I did uh, goose pastrami, and I don't did think you do the recipe. I don't think that uh, I don't. The goose breasts aren't thick enough, so like it was like. I'm ne- Little I nailed trickle. it all to you. No, no, no. I know that, but I don't think our goose breasts are. I did it on speckle bellies, and okay. I just, I just don't think like when I sliced the meat, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, it was like little bitty strips, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think. I think that's a big goose type of deal because I saw, you know, I've seen pictures online and all that other stuff, and like they're they're doing it on big geese, and like it's it's good looking. I just think I, either I sliced it wrong or our goose breasts aren't big enough to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we make, I'll make pastrami out of a bunch of them. It was, uh, so we hunted Saturday, and then I flew to Mexico on Monday morning. Yeah. So on Sunday, I literally just had to clean all my geese really quickly. Vacuum sealed everything and froze it. So I'm just waiting on some time here, and then I'm going to pull it apart. I'll make pastrami. And I, I can't send you a pastrami, otherwise I would. Yeah, I know. Because they're delicious. Hey, when you did you ever wax the duck? No, I didn't. My, that wax is still sitting there. I got busy. <laughs> You're gonna wax a duck? Yeah, like he told us how to do on the last. He sent me a bunch of like wax on how to do it. I'm gonna get around to it. It's still sitting there. I saw it just the other day, and I was like, I I, I need to do that. But um, when you do your goose, what what side are you putting with it? Let, give us like what your side give, are you putting with? It? Yeah, what's your goose meal? So you've done your goose. My goose meal. Yep. Yep. Start to finish. What are we? What are you going to pair with it? What kind of wine are we having? Oh, let's go to dinner with Rory. What are we having? Let's go to dinner for goose. All right. Um, I like like polenta with goose. So we'll pull like we'll do the braised goose legs, uh, polenta, which is like almost like grits, but a finer corn, like a finer meal. Mm-hmm. So it's like really creamy, really rich. Probably like braised kale, mm. uh, roasted mushrooms. Goose spread, roasted, and then like barbecue sauce, like a like a barbecue style sauce on the goose after it's sliced. That's my jam. Now, the polenta, I love polenta. Mm-hmm. I've never had kale. Really? It's I like don't th- uh, I don't think so. It's like a green, just to spinach or something, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's a denser, thicker kind of. There's, a, there, I mean, there's a hundred different kinds of kale, probably. Um, but yeah, and then for wine, probably like. A Barolo, something big and bloody that needs wild meat. Barbaresco, Barolo, those big Italian wines. I would eat the polenta. I would eat the kale. You would eat the duck. You would eat the goose. You I, would have to. Listen, I would, if you're coming to my house, buddy, you got to try it. Take a I would. Bite. I would. Like it, I, I would. I'm, I'm polite. I would try it. I would say, oh, it tastes wonderful, and I might not eat it again. <laughs> but the polenta, would, I would love. The kale, I would love. You'd get me have to get me some water or tea. I'm not drinking wine. And God. I'm not a wine drinker, though. I just I'm not I'm not into wine. I'd rather have a mixed drink, but I would uh, I would try that. I just Perfect. don't. We we got a we got all kinds of mixed drinks. <laughs> I, no, I would drink that. I'm not. I just not. I don't want. I don't care much for wine. What about dessert? You can't. You can't. You can't send us home without dessert. Yeah, and this is gonna be my favorite part of the meal already. This is where. Oh. This is what Jeff is looking forward to. This is what Jeff's coming for. Eh? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like a. Not pro- I mean, just like me, we're we're well nourished people. Yes. So probably like. 
bundito, which is like a chocolate, almost like a chocolate pudding with like brownies and probably ice cream. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> I'll skip the goose and have double dessert. (laughs) (laughs) You can have double dessert, but you got to try it. Honestly, like, here's the thing. My kids are, my daughters are 17 months old, and they eat, they've eaten deer, duck, goose, turkey, like everything. How, uh, how hard souffle? I've seen, I've seen different things on. I was going to do a, for Valentine's one day, I was feeling extra romantic, extra spry. Like I was going to work, I was going to work for it. I was going to try to do a souffle. And I got like halfway you got down. You're kids, you're still working for it. Get on you. I was. <laughs> it's not that hard. Make lava cake. Honestly, make a lava cake. It's easier. It's less can go wrong, and that oozes out. It looks cool. I love it. But I was worried because sure I, I guess if the uh, if the if you do it wrong, it doesn't rise, and then it's just a disaster. Oh yeah, it's true. If you do it wrong, or if your timing's off, or you don't put it in the oven, or you drop it, or you bang it the wrong way, it'll literally just fall. Mm. If you don't have it done right. See, and I don't know that I've ever even had a souffle out in a restaurant, so I wouldn't have anything to compare I don't think to. I've ever eaten nothing fancy enough place that they even serve it. Souffle? I'm, I can't think of a place I go that they have it. Mm. Now, I'm not eating in no five-star Michelin places, I guess. I went to Gordon Ramsay in Vegas, and I don't, I don't even know if they had it there. You know, on our trip, we I, ate at McCormick and Schmick's. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Or it's a chain. It's a higher-end chain. It was really good. They have scallops. Yeah. Your mother loves scallops. Yeah. Do uh, Oh, I love scallops. Yeah, it's Michelle's favorite meal. Hey, um, let me ask you this. Have you seen, and I know you don't watch cooking ch- shows or nothing. They've got a new show on the cooking channel coming out where they go to grocery stores and you buy the people's coming out with their shopping cart, and you give them two, three, four hundred dollars for their shopping cart, and you got to make a meal out of whatever's in their basket. Oh wow! I think that's a pretty cool concept to, for a show. Just it's, it's a neat idea for a show. I probably, if somebody offered me that much money for my grocery cart, depending on what I paid for it, I, I'd probably take it and then leave. Well, yeah. I wouldn't want to have to do it. But you're a chef. You don't like the challenge of having to just make something out of just. Oh man! That's I a- did this one. I did it one time. A, a guy who I do private dinners for every now and then a couple of years ago was like, hey, my girlfriend has this idea. She wants to throw this party. I need you to do it. I was like, all right, sure. I got there, and he's like, okay, we have everything for you. Like, what is it? He's like, every guest has to bring an ingredient, and then you're going to make dinner. Ooh. <laughs> and honestly, like, there's that one, like, honestly, the one fucking guy who shows up with, like, artichokes. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You know how hard it is to... Are you fucking tired? <laughs> it just pissed me off. But yeah, I did it, and it was not. I mean, it was not a fun. I didn't have a good time. What What did you end up coming up with? I don't know. Like the he was a he was a, a guy who I used to like. He's a an investment banker, and so I used to do meals and stuff for him at his condo every now and then. And mm-hmm. it, what did I remember? He he threw me a bone. He went and got rib steaks or something, and somebody else brought like some mushrooms. Like there were a couple normal things and. Somebody showed up with, like, a lobe of foie gras, which is easy to do. But the guy that showed up with, like, artichokes, I, like, they have, like, these little spikes on the end of it. I just wanted to dig it into his eye. Like, <laughs> you fucking asshole. You know, that's something I've never eaten. Foie gras? Ar- that or artichoke. I don't think I've never had artichoke either. Um. Yeah. I mean, they're good if you do them right, but they take a lot of time to do. And you have to, like, prevent them from oxidizing. Otherwise, they go brown really, really quickly. So you, like, cut the bottom off, dip them in lemon water. Cut. Uh, trim away all the outside leaves, soak them in lemon water. Trim away the stem, 
soak them in lemon water, and then you have to cook them in an acidic solution so that they don't go brown. Sounds like way too much work. I had some dip with it. It, it, it is. It's a lot of work. They're good, but I, I mean... I don't always think that they're worth the work. It's like uh, they're they're bigger Brussels sprouts, basically, aren't they? Don't they kind of have uh, that same look as a Brussels sprout? No, they look like they yeah, don't? sort of, but they're bigger. Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of they look like a Brussels sprout. I'm trying. That's, they don't taste anything like a Brussels sprout. Like they're good if you do them right, and if you're willing to like put in the work for them. But I'm I, I worked at a restaurant where the chef was he loved artichokes. So in the summer, we'd get, like, the little globe ones. In the winter, we'd get the Italian ones. We'd get the big ones. It was, like, artichokes were something that were constantly kind of on the menu, and it was, like, just kill me. Right. It was, like, the apprentice apprentice job. It was, like, you had to do artichokes. So sometimes those guys be in the weeds, and, like, I'd go, you go help them, and you're like, I fucking hate cleaning artichokes. <laughs> so what'd you make this meal? What'd you make his artichokes? What'd you do with them? Oh, what did I do with them? I oh, you know what I did? I cleaned them, and then I, I, I kind of hedged because I didn't have any lemons. So I just sort of, like, poached them in, like, vinegar and a bit of, like, spices and stuff. Shocked them, cooled them down, cut them into quarters, and then deep-fried them, and then did, like, deep-fried artichoke. But I made sure... I made sure that um, I I didn't give them one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I purposely left it on its plate, yeah. How yeah. do you get to the point where you're doing these private dinners as a chef? Like, is that is that kind of when you know that you're on the right track? When people are seeking you know. out to do a private dinner? He didn't. He was. I. He was a. I had a friend who was a, a like a through another buddy of mine who was a pastry guy, and we were all out one night for drinks. And he's like, "Oh, I'm looking for a chef. Blah blah blah. This is what I need." Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, all right, man, I can come help you out a bit. He paid me well. He was a super nice guy. Like, he was never there. It was more like, sure, I can I can do that. No problem. And then he ended up moving to New York. So oh, really? That kind of went away. The gig that I see on TV that looks pretty cool is the guy that's on, um, like, the yachts. That cooks the that cooks the dinner. My wife watches Below Deck. Oh, that, that guy's an asshole, though. I know he's an asshole. Oh man, that is like asshole. my nightmare. Really? Fuck, that is horrible. my nightmare. Yeah, but you get to go all oh, over man. the country. You get you get these people for and three or four days a week. See? The inside of a boat kitchen. No, yeah, thank you. And ah, it's not very big. You get the port every I, once in a while. I watch that show. Michelle watches it Below also. Deck. Yeah, and the other day he had a lady on there that was a uh, professional. Uh, she was a private chef, and I oh, thought, "Oh, this motherfucker's gonna that'd be." be terrible. And sure enough, she she everything he made, you know, she was a bitch about. Oh yeah. And I thought, "Fuck oh, that I, shit, Rory." I, I, what? I, you know what's funny is that's what that, them, 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 that show is not made for um, people that like to eat very well either. Have you noticed everybody's no. a skinny and, and shape little fucker that works on that thing? Well, and no, I, I've never seen the show. I mean, I've seen the ads. I cut we cut our table a while ago. And we just have, like, Netflix and, like, we have a Roku box thing so we can download the different streaming apps. We're doing that. But I have, like, basic, basic cable. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you a good Netflix show I just watched yesterday. We watched Spencer uh, Redemption or Revitalized with Mark Wahlberg's new movie. Oh, Private Eye, isn't it? Spencer no. Private Eye? No, Spencer something or another. Maybe it is private. I don't oh, know. It's a, he's a he's a cop and a boxer. Yeah, he's yes. It, I tell you what, it's a damn good. It's a typical Mark Wahlberg made in Boston. I watched it the other night. That's it's, funny. It's a good show, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was a, it was a good movie for sure. I'm a big Netflix guy, I, and I like all the ones with subtitles. 
If it's yeah, if, if I'm it's, a I'm a Netflix guy. I can't honestly. I'm like we watched the, when we watched the Super Bowl. Like we put the girls to bed, recorded it, and then I started watching the the game at like nine and just didn't look at my phone, so I wouldn't know the score. And then it we caught it at the end of the game, and then it caught like, caught the live. Though we had to watch the last I don't know like minute into overtime, but or like it was the last five minutes of the game in overtime. But by the time we got there, it was over. I missed like the last touchdown and missed the last episode, like the last part of the game. It's you, you, sometimes it's nice, but I just, I hate commercials now. That's what <laughs> Netflix has done to me. You know, you know what we are right now. We are just like all the sports radio right now. I listened to it on the radio, road coming home. All they talked about was Netflix because there's no sports going on. All right. sports talk. What's your? Fa- do you watch the Narcos? Do you watch that on Netflix? No, oh, I that's... haven't watched Narcos. I've, have you seen Ugly Delicious? That, they're the best show. Do what now? Ugly Delicious. Yes, you know, I just Ugly. I watched that just the other day with the Chinese guy. David Chang, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Korean or wherever the fuck he is from. He's Korean, yeah, he's Korean. Really he's int- cool, man. Mamu Fuku, or is that what his restaurant called? Mamu Fuku, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really Watch interesting. Watch the steak one. I just, Watch the steak one. I'm fixing Super to start new. that one. I just finished Mamu Fuku one. That guy's very successful. He is. He has two restaurants in Toronto. He seems like a real cool dude, too. Is he the he short? A, he's a very cool dude. You is, know what? Is he the guy with the sleeve tattoo? The the sleeve of tattoo, or no, is this a different a, guy? He's a fat Korean guy with a big head that's got a damn good personality. I'm thinking I, of the guy that's on Food Network all the time. Is it not him? No, no, no. That's uh, Jet, uh, whatever that guy's name, Tia or something. Uh, but not the same guy. No, okay. but this guy here is a kind of an overgrown Korean guy, and but he's very politically incorrect is what I like about him. <laughs> is he, I, haven't, I haven't seen his politically in- incorrect, but he's, he's just, a cool guy. Like he, he is. He goes to cool places. He talks normal though. I mean, he's not. He him and he his does. buddies were making fun of each other, and he's making fun of this guy for being white and that's white food and blah blah. But I liked it because he was real. I mean, he's a real person. Yeah. That's the way real people act, you know. And and that's what he Absolutely. did. Absolutely good personality and funny. You know, we sound like we're fucking um, racist bigots out here. We're not. I, we're very open to anybody, and we're just regular people. And that's what he reminded me of. Is just a, he could come in our lodge and be himself. And we'd get along great with him. Yeah. But he is very successful. And um, his mom, it was interesting with him cooking with his mom. White people Thanksgiving is what he said they were cooking. We cook <laughs> white people Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's – can you imagine, like, having to – oh, I, I love Thanksgiving. That's my holiday. I'll take Thanksgiving over Christmas any day. Like, I, I love Thanksgiving the most. It's a fat man's I holiday. I can't imagine having to go somewhere for Thanksgiving and it'd be bad. Like, that would just break my heart. <laughs> I got invited over Christmas one time for a Christmas dinner, and the guy was going to make a goose. you talking about wanting to cry. I mean, yeah, but you could have somebody screw up a turkey just as bad. Yes. But it's still a turkey. turkey. Like, if you see somebody cut into a turkey and it's, like, falling apart as they're cutting it, and you're like, good. It's dry. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, it's cooked all right. My, my wife, uh, my wife makes the best turkey in the world, and she, it's a very simple recipe. And you're gonna probably go, no, no, no. She takes a roaster oven. She puts it. She has a rack. She puts the bird on the rack. She pours butter all over the bird and Muzzy's magic, a pe- jalapeno seasoning that she uses, and she puts a bottle of wine in that roaster. And that thing, I don't know what it does to it. But it's moist and excellent every time. But what he's leaving out is she will then like shred it. Basically, would you say shred it? She cuts it. She cuts it. Carves it, and then it sits in that wine for 
two to three hours before it gets served. So that's how it's so moist. That sounds delicious. It is excellent, and it's a real simple deal it's to do. It's better than that person that roasts it and then carves it, and it's like, do you want white meat or dark meat? It's like, actually, I'll just take the neck bone. Because <laughs> you pulled that out of the oven three hours ago, and it, it's probably the least cooked. So I'm all right with the neck thing. No. I'd rather have just extra dressing and mashed potatoes, please. <laughs> no, this is this, I'm with you. This chick, no, this turkey is excellent, but it's the way she does it, and it's moist, and then she it it sets in its own juices with the wine and the butter, but it, it's it's very very it's, it's very 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 good because I've been to them places and we went somewhere I'm not gonna say who it is. We got invited another Thanksgiving dinner a couple years ago, and they had turkey, and I got a piece of it, and I thought I was eating sandpaper. <laughs> oh, the worst! I'm lucky. We're either at my house for Thanksgiving, we're at my in-laws' place, or my parents' place. So I've never I've been to I've been to one other Thanksgiving somewhere else, and uh, it was a it was a tough deal. So so when you get was, a ham, do you, when you get a ham, do we do like honey baked ham, or is that a b- below oh yeah. you? So you're good Absolutely. with that. Oh, I love. We make so we'll make a ham for for Thanksgiving. Well, if we get ahead of it enough in time, we'll get out like an actual. Pork leg in, brine it, cure it, roast it, do it properly. Absolutely. I'm not I a ham it. guy. I'm not a ham guy. Turkey, really? Turkey's my jam. Not a ham guy. Never have oh, been. Oh, man. I love, I love hams. Like those spiral cut glazed hams, like they're just so pumped full of water and like like a brine and like salt. And you get it and you're like, man, like I'm going to be so dehydrated in 20 minutes. I'm going to eat the shit out of this. Who the hell can't, don't like ham, though? That's I mean, even un-American. It, I mean, it's okay. I'm not okay. gonna. I'm not gonna fight anybody over it. Like if uh, there's if there's two or three pieces of ham left on the thing, like I'm not gonna elbow granny for it. It's not my jam. I'm not with it. Oh man, I love ham. Well, I wouldn't elbow my granny for anything, but if it was somebody else, yeah, I'd probably stick him in the leg of a fork. <laughs> no shit, boy. <laughs> you have uh, listen. You haven't met my. You granny. haven't had a good ham if you're not ready to fight somebody for a piece. Yeah, spiral cut ham is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love ham. Um, I'm ham. I mean, I love turkey too if it's not overcooked and if it's done well. But like, yeah, I love ham. Well, you're not gonna fuck that. You know, th- you go over to the in-laws or wherever, and you're not gonna. They can't fuck up a ham. You can go anywhere, and they're not gonna Whoa. mess up a ham. Andy, I tell you what, <laughs> and people can fuck oh, up no, everything. <laughs> You can fuck that really. Yeah, that's, but not as easily not as easily as you can that roasted turkey. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, because the ham's already cooked, right? Right, like, like most, you just got to kind of reheat it. So I mean, there's really exactly. not, shout out to Brandon Sarecki. They sent us two hams for Christmas they this did. year. Yep. They were excellent. Yep, famous famous place up there. The guy, so I actually got a couple bucks of boss ammo from a guy. Saw that uh, up here. And that's why I, I literally, like, I, I listened to the podcast, and Brandon was like, yeah, if you can't get Boss Tom, just, like, shoot number fours at him. And I was like, all right, son of a bitch. I patterned it. I dropped my bird. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. And yeah. I shoot, well, I shoot a 12-gauge when I hunt turkey, but, like, for, for when we're duck hunting and stuff, I'm a 20-gauge guy. Yeah. Well, I do, too. That's all I like, shoot. I like I like, I like my 20-gauge. I mean, I, I have a 12-gauge. I'll shoot 12-gauge when I need to for goose hunting. or But if we're just shooting puddleback, 20 like gauge. 20 it doesn't hurt. You don't hurt as near as bad the next day. I, I mean, honestly, like, I, I shoot two relatively low recoil guns. I don't care. I mean, I'll go out and shoot, you know, a box of goose or two boxes of BBs out of a 12 gauge, and I have a shotgun that doesn't kick that hard. That's what you need. I, I tried the uh, I tried the 28 gauge, and that did not fare too well. I'm gonna. I'll tell you what the the guy that you had, Austin, 
I watched him in the 28 games, and, like, I look, I'm looking for a 28 games. I was like, all right, 28 games. They're expensive. They are. They <laughs> are expensive. I, so, so the 410 challenge for a turkey, we're not allowed to hunt turkeys with a 410. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, 28 to 10. You I'm can't go- shoot them with a 410. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We got a single shot 410 that I'm going to bring out. Now, I'm also going to bring my 12 gauge. Don't get me wrong. But we got a single <laughs> shot. Yeah, you 10. got the first shot and then the insurance. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, <laughs> how can you miss a turkey at 20 yards, though? It's easy. Well, with a 410 yeah, or whatever, it's easy. It happens. It happens. It happens. It's been done. Andy's not a very good shot. It happens, Jeff. <laughs> it happens. So what do you what do you got coming up next? It's March. Uh, it's it's mid March. What are we doing now? Mid March, we're uh, so I'm actually working with um, a buddy of mine. We're we're going into the barbecue business. I guess this is probably as good of a place to talk, start talking about it as any. We're gonna we're building um, wood fire barbecue. So um, multi layers, different cooking services within one unit. Uh, that's kind of my next project that I'm, I'm working on right now. So you'll be able to tell me uh, where I'm going wrong with my brisket before too long. <laughs> you know what? The Traeger on the Traeger, is, it shouldn't be that. Like, this is not necessarily the kind of, like, stuff where you're, like, doing. I, I'll send you a photo of it. Once we get the, the prototypes, we're just in the drawing. They're with the engineer. They came back. So a buddy of mine owns a steel shop. So we're doing this because. We can build all the parts in house, yeah, and then that's where we're not paying somebody else's margin and cost on it. So right. we're they're going to be really, really cool. Well, I look forward to seeing it. When uh, do you have any uh, any idea when this is going to hit the market? Uh, so our plan right now is we're going to uh, we have the two. So we have three three models that we're going to come out with. Two of them are going to be direct to consumer. One we're going to try to go retail with. Um, the retail one will be a smaller unit. It'll basically be like a cool-looking fireplace mm-hmm. with two different cooking surfaces that kind of like swing in and swing out from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then those are removable, so if you're just having a fire in your backyard, but it keeps us essentially legal for bylaw because we're not allowed to have an open fire in your backyard. Mm-hmm. But if it's a cooking service, you can get around it. And then the other two, the big ones... Um, They'll probably be ready to go July 1st, the prototypes. We'll torture test them for a year, make our changes, make our substitutions, and I'm thinking Q1 of 2021, they'll, uh, they'll hit the market. They'll be ready to go. Looking forward to it, man. That's, that's exciting yeah. stuff. It is. It's cool. We, we have the, the drawings of it are cool. The concept's cool. Uh, it's something that we've kind of played with for a while. Like I, I sort of have... Like not a similar setup at the at our cottage, but it's a it's a fire pit that we just have kind of grilled and grates, and I use really primitive stuff to kind of create elevation, mm-hmm. uh, like rocks on a grill and move things around in it. So it's the same idea of taking that open wood over fire cooking, and then just kind of bringing it to something that you can actually safely use. We're lining it with fire brick for heat retention, and then there'll be different kind of like accessories that we can build at his shop that go in each unit and like yeah that's our kind of plan to have a good time that'll be fun whenever this is ready to go let me know and uh we'll be happy to uh help you any way that we can oh man maybe we'll 
it, so this is the same guy who I was saying we should get down to see you guys. So maybe if in November we'll, we'll, we'll run down and come hunt and we'll bring one with us. Yeah, that'd be perfect. But yeah, anything we can do Thank social you. media wise or anything like that, just let us know and we'll be happy to help. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Well, we're going to hop off of here. We've taken up enough of your time. We know you got those two kiddos. You're in hiding right now. Oh, so yeah. You can, My uh, wife is probably ready to kill me. Ah, uh, just tell her some jackass is from Texas kept you too long. We appreciate <laughs> you, man. It's all fun. All right, as we'll al- talk to you later, guys. Fun as always, bud. Roy, you all take right. care of yourself. Bye. God bless you, bud. Thanks. You too. Rory White. Always fun. Always fun. Don't forget about our giveaway. Uh, drawing coming up soon. Four people, two days hunting here. Two dozen, uh, two dozen little dive bomb silhouettes, case of boss, and uh, Pacific call, Pacific goose call. And when we get done with this, uh, this giveaway, we were going to have another one coming up next month, and it's going to be a looking glass hunt club giveaway. (laughs) Details to come. Thank you to our friend Logan Payette for that, and we will be in touch when that happens. Uh, that's all I got. Stay safe out there. Crazy times that we're in. Uh, don't be, you know, don't, let's not blow this out of proportion. Okay. Just stock up. Don't go crazy. We're going to be all right. Wash your hands. We'll get through this. Thank you for listening. Got three more episodes to come this week. So it's the, uh, it's the Corona Fest here at the Big Honker Lodge. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) 